everybody, welcome back to This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland. And I'm looking really looking forward to this week's interview because I don't think I've done it before, whereas I have interviewed a former coaching client. But I really wanted to share Sharon Ehrlich's story as she has really gone through the gummit of career change or career transition from moving countries, uh, learning a new language, to being part of the sandwich generation, to changing industries. So I wanted to share her journey because not only that, she also did her last change during COVID very successfully. So she shares some real great insights, some strategies, some tips on just how to do that and what kind of mindset and things that you need to have. We touch on how she really wants to be clear on her values and her non-negotiables for the environment and culture for any new organisation she was working she was working for. And then she also taps on the power of asking for help. You know, it's something I've talked about before. But look, I don't want to give away the whole interview. Grab that favourite drink, like I always say, sit back and enjoy. Let me know what you think. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the professional woman of colour over 40. Now, my guest this week is rather special. Yes, I know I said that every week all my guests are special, but this one is extra special. Sharon Ehrlich is a Bronx-raised Afro-Latina and proud native New Yorker. Her business career started in the healthcare industry, where she spent nearly a decade as a hospital administrator in both public and private hospitals in New York City. A love story led to her permanently relocating to Austria, where she quickly came to the realisation that her MBA and previous professional experience was nearly useless in her search for employment, owing to her not being able to speak the local language, German. So hence began her journey of reinvention. Sharon, welcome to This Woman Can. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here, Janice. I'm delighted to have you. So I start stopped your bio at the part where the love story kicked in and mm-hmm. you relocated to Austria. But mm-hmm. tell us about your reinvention, the process you had to go through or the journey from that point. Well, you know, I have to say that it was I wasn't under any sort of extreme pressure to start working. So I had time. And this is a luxury that a lot of people don't normally have when they're reinventing themselves. And so what I started to do was just to work part time. And so I took a job teaching English uh, to executives. um, And that was a really great way for me to start to meet people and create my own circle of friends and contacts. And then I joined some professional networks, English speaking professional networks. And then through those networks, I started to meet women and then started to become aware of career options for myself. So that's basically how it started. Excellent. So what has been your kind of career journey from that point then? You know, where have you transitioned? Obviously, you had to learn the language, like you said. Then what was would have been your, I suppose, your first foray into um, work in a foreign country? 
Yeah. So the, the logical step for me at that time was to try to look for a multinational or transnational organization to work for. So I started with IBM. And that was a nice. really good step for me uh, because the company language was English, although uh, I was based in Vienna mm -hmm. and it was a headquarters position. And so everybody who I was dealing with on a daily basis was English speaking. But honestly speaking, I had to start from the beginning. You know, so I left a middle management career in New York, which was really on the trajectory of becoming an executive. And I had to take a entry level operations position in a sales part of a sales organization. Um, and so that's how it started. And you know, the fact of the matter was, I was just really happy to be working at the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it as a career. I just thought I'll do this for a little while until yeah. I could get back into healthcare. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that actually never really happened. Okay, so what was the next step after that, then? Well, you know, there was there was a point where I had to come to terms with the fact that I would never return to my old profession. Right. And when that happened, and I have to say, um, I was really slow on the uptake there. So it took me a number of years to come to that realization that that was not going to happen. At that point, I decided, okay, this is my career and I have to make the best of it. And I was really fortunate to have a manager who uh, was actually the first Eastern European woman to become an executive in that organization. Uh -huh. And she took me under her wing and she became my mentor as well as my manager. And she, she, you know, it was brutal. She gave me some really tough advice. And she said, you know, if you want this to be your career, yeah. these are the things you need to think about. And I had a good think on them. And I decided, okay, this will be my yeah. career. And I'm going to forge ahead. I, I had no experience being a corporate citizen. You know, I came yeah. from the healthcare industry. And it's a, it's a completely different atmosphere. It's a completely different way one goes about mm. navigating their career, but I had to learn it quickly. And I wanted to because I just, I knew I didn't mm. want to have a job. I knew I yeah. wanted to grow and I wanted yeah. to learn and I wanted to move forward. And of course, I wanted to earn more money as well. Yeah. yeah. The couple of things I take away from what you've just, you've just said is the, what I call the get you by job. You know, it's a job that's not your career, but you know, it serves a purpose. And, you know, and I think a lot of women need to understand that just because you're in a, a point in your career where, you know, where the job isn't what you envisaged it, where you envisaged you would be, doesn't make it a bad thing. Right. You know, it, it serves a purpose, be it financial, be it able to network and stuff like or keep you engaged in the in the corp, in the corporate world um, or work. And I think that I think that's not a bad thing. That was a bad thing as at all and then the second thing I want to take away from that is that when you had your epiphany that you're not going back to this this is this is this isn't uh Kansas anymore Toto you're not going to go back to your old career so what was the realization what made you suddenly realize that look you're not going to go back into hospital administration well there were a couple of things I think uh, you know I was I was quite naive in thinking that there would be a pathway for me to re-enter that business with the level of German that I spoke. Yeah. Um, I came to the realization that, and the understanding and the fact that 
the way that hospitals run in Austria is yeah. very different than how <laughs> hospitals run. I was a business manager in a hospital yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And in Austria, it's, it's, at least at the time, it was very much more of a social sort of venture. And there was really no role for me. There was no single job that I could find that I could do based on, you know, and, and make a really smooth transition from what I did in the States. And so, but that, that took me quite a long time. I think I was, for a long time, I was in denial. And I just thought, you know, I'll find my way. I'll meet people, I'll network. And I was doing a lot of networking and I was meeting a lot of people. But then there's a time where you just have to get real and understand, you know, what am I fighting for? Am I fighting for something that will never actually yeah. come to fruition? And if that's the case, do I want to continue to do that and stay frustrated? Or do I just want to hit the reset button and yeah. really think about what are my opportunities and what can I take advantage of, which is available to me today? Right. And that is what happened with this conversation that I had with my mentor. Excellent. And one of the things you said there is one of the reasons a lot of women, what I find a lot of reasons, one of the main reasons why women don't want to change career mid-career is when you said that you had to start from the bottom and work your way back, way back up. How did it feel for you? I mean, I, I, you're, you're probably a unique situation because, as you said, you'd move countries, language barriers and stuff like that. So your options, were, as, you, as you've already highlighted, were somewhat limited, somewhat limited. But when you realised that's the path you had to go, how did that feel for you? Um, well, I can say that when you grow up in a very, very capitalistic culture, that is a bitter pill to swallow. You know, yeah. when you grow up in, 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 in a city that considers yeah. itself to be the center of the universe, yeah. you know, and making money is everything and your, your level in an organization is everything. That's a really tough, tough thing to yeah. come to terms yeah. with. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that that was a moment in time in my life where I could do that. I was a lot yeah. younger than I am today. Yeah. I would not make that same sort of sacrifice in right. terms of my salary yeah. and, um, and my level of responsibility in an organization. So I could afford to do it then because of my age and where I was. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily make the same choice today if I was put in, in a similar yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you for that. And fast forward a few years. Um, I know you've recently started a new role. Yeah. So, and obviously it's not, you know, it's a few years on from when you first moved to Austria. So mm -hmm. what has been the, I suppose, the best thing about having a mid-career change or changing careers at this point in your life? Well, um, what I can say is, I know more about Sharon. And so I know what my values are. Um, they're really important to me now. And there are, mm -hmm. there are certain non-negotiables in my life now. Mm -hmm. And so when I decided that I wanted to move out of IT and move mm -hmm. into a completely different industry, I was very, very, very uh, thoughtful about the organizations I was interviewing with yeah. um, because I didn't want to put myself in a position to then, you know, have another IT position put in front of me with an incredible salary and with a nice title, but still end up doing things that I, you know, and working yeah. in an industry that I didn't have a lot of passion for. Yeah. Um, and so that, I think that was really instrumental in my making 
the shift that I made because I knew what I wanted. I didn't necessarily know what industry I wanted to go to, but I certainly knew what kind of environment and what kind of culture I wanted to work in. And that was what I was able to find. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, and so what did you fear most about changing careers at this stage? Yeah, I, I'm going to sound like a really superficial person, but I have to give this a little bit of context. Yeah. When you have trauma in your life, yeah. uh, and particularly trauma that relates to uh, financial insecurity, mm. then the point of being able to make a certain salary and be independent and know that every month you're going to get paid X amount of euros or dollars is something that is always not even the, in the back of your mind, but always in the forefront of your mind. And I came from that sort of situation yeah. where there was a lot of financial insecurity when I was younger. And so, you know, money has always been something that has been important to me. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, but at least I understand the root of yes. it and where it yeah. comes from, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um And so, you know, I wouldn't say that it's the be all and the end all, but financial considerations are are a big step for people. You know, if you if you realize that I have to give up a six figure salary and start again uh, and I have obligations, I have parents, I have children, I have debt. uh, That's that's a tough one. And that really needs to be negotiated in a way that you don't put yourself at risk. Um, And I think that that is one of the one of the larger considerations for a lot of people, women, um, and certainly was a consideration in in my case as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally understand you the financial trauma because um, I found myself after my first marriage where I lost everything financially, house, debt with two children. So, and that still plays a part in my mindset now when I'm going to make decisions, when I'm going to, even I'm going to spend, you know, I'm really, it really, uh, you have to be really cognizant of it because it can, it can eat away at you without realizing it if you don't understand the rationale behind it. So I think, so I think, so I think it's, I think it's a great, I think it's a great answer and great that you have that awareness. Yeah. But equally, it's, it shouldn't prevent you from doing things yes. right you know no, yeah, it, true. and and that's equally is important true, right true 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 and one thing i just picked up on there which you didn't say but you're you are part of the sandwich generation yeah yeah, yeah so you have right. children and you have you have parents so yeah. how has that played a part impact impacted you from a career perspective at this stage um that that has had a profound impact I would say the last eight years of my career have been profoundly impacted by the fact that I had to uh, be 100% responsible for a disabled parent and was raising a child at the same time and of course married and and trying to run a household Um, and it was a juggling act that some times brought me to my knees mm. uh, with all of the responsibilities and obligations, um, you know, having to travel uh, where most people would just pack up a suitcase and go on a business trip. You know, I had to prepare meals, arrange care mm. Uh, mm. for an elderly person and a child. Uh, you know, th- those are, I mean, a lot of people are going through it. So yeah. my situation is certainly not unique, um, but I definitely cannot say enough that that also 
that situation really played a great role in my understanding that I need to work for an organization that it, that allows me the flexibility yeah. enough yeah. to be able to manage my private situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I consider myself to be quite fortunate to have, to, to have found that as well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So thinking about your career transitions over the years and maybe in the latter part of your career, Mm -hmm. what would have made your journey easier, do you think, Sharon? Mm. I I think what would have made it easier was, you know, getting off the roller coaster and, and really sitting down and having time to reflect. Yeah. And I think that this is something that a lot of us don't allow ourselves to mm-hmm. do just because we're running and doing and yeah. doing yeah. and doing. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would say is hiring a professional to help you navigate that is really important. And you understand that because you and I worked together when I was at a really challenging time in my life where I just felt like, I need somebody else. I need a sounding board, someone who is completely divorced from my situation, who can be objective and ask me the right sorts of questions so I can think about what I need for myself. And so I I think that's the, 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 the most difficult part is just having this opportunity to stop, to take a breath and to regularly reflect on your current situation and where it is that you want to find yourself. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Um, so of all your transi- transitions, what would you have said was, or, or throughout your career, what you said one of the biggest challenges and how you overcame it and what did you learn from that? I would say one of the biggest challenges I had was I tried to be self-employed once. Um, and so I, you know, I took a buyout from, from one company and decided I will go out on my own and I will yeah. see what that's about. And that was incredibly challenging, right. as you know, because you're a businesswoman, yeah. right? You know, so you have to run your business. You have to do the marketing. You have to do the networking. No. You have to do the, you know, the bookkeeping. Uh, you have to do everything. everything. And I absolutely underestimated how many calories that takes <laughs> to get that done in a day. Um, and I wouldn't say that I was a failure, but, you know, I came to the realization after a period of time that yeah. this is not for me. Yeah. You know, I, I do believe that I have an entrepreneurial mindset that I'm able to bring to the organizations that I work for. But I understand that I am not the person who, at least at this moment in my life, right can strike out on her own and take on all of those roles. I just, I just don't have the head for it. And so it was a learning experience. So, you know, I like to consider that to be part of, you know, that I do have a growth mindset. I did it. I learned from it and I was able to dust myself off. I didn't lose money. So, I mean, that's a good thing. thing. Um, And, and I was able to dust myself off and I was able to, to redirect again. So, you know, I've had a lot of do-overs in my life. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And you mentioned failure there and most people perceive failure as failure, but I actually think there's a lot that can be learned, as you said, from that process. So how has failure made a positive difference in your life? Yeah. So, so what failure has taught me is 
And that particular failure was yeah. that I, I was not asking for help. I was really trying to do everything mm. by myself. Mm. I knew a lot of people who were in business for themselves where I could have tapped on their shoulder and presented some of the challenges that I was ha uh, having, yeah. not to ask them for solutions, but just to talk it out and yeah. maybe even get solutions from them. And I didn't do that. I just somehow yeah. thought this is my thing and I'm going to forge ahead and I'm yeah. going to do it by myself. And in the end, I realized that there were lots of people who probably mm. could have supported me, but I somehow was wearing this armor where I, I felt like that would have been a failure to yeah. ask people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and now I understand that that was the wrong posture to take. Yeah. Um, and so if I were to do it again, and there's always the possibility that I might strike out on my own because I wasn't traumatized by that experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that it takes a, a larger community. Right. And I would, and I think the most important thing is to already identify in advance who are the people who are yeah. you're going to be your advisors yeah. in different aspects so that you can have a sounding board, people to get advice from. Um, and I would say that that's the, the, probably the largest mm. learning experience from that, which of course then I can use working for any organization, yeah. right? Because if you take on any sort of a role, I take on a role in an organization and also as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, and I know that I cannot run that part, part of the business by myself. I need to co collaborate and cooperate yeah. with lots of people. And there will be lots of things about the industry I don't know. And yeah. I'll have to ask people to help me get the clarity that I need so yeah. that I can make the decisions that I have to make. Excellent. And I think, you know, asking those three little letters ASK are sometimes one of the most difficult things for women to do because we see it as a sign of weakness that we yes. can't shoulder all the yeah. responsibility all the we don't have all the answers we can't ask for this we can't ask for that and it's just the wrong for me knowing that you need this support is actually the sign of strength because exactly. that, because that's such that's such powerful insight into how you tick and how you operate as an individual. That you know, why wouldn't you take the support to make yourself successful? I just never Absolutely. understand that. Absolutely, you know. Absolutely. But, but we're told to be these. You know, it's a almost like the strong black woman trope. You know, carry it all on your shoulders. You know, you've got this. No, well, I haven't got this. Yeah, I need help. Yeah. I need exactly. help. Yeah, exactly. So, so. so what advice, Sharon, would you share with women who are embarking on their own career, career change, their own tra transition? Well, I think an important question to ask yourself is whether you're running away from something or running towards something. Oh. And that's, a, that's an important question to ask yourself because yeah. oftentimes one thinks I need to change my career because you're happy, unhappy with what you're doing yeah. with the people that you're doing it with or the yes. organization yes. that you're doing yeah. it with. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that kind of clarity is important because if you can come to understand where the source of the, the need for change is, maybe you don't have to reinvent mm -hmm. your career. Maybe you just yeah. need to change your industry, right? Yes. Yeah. Know, maybe it's, it's a difference between working for profit or nonprofit or yeah. working in one sector versus another sector, yeah. which is a completely different kettle of fish than saying I'm completely changing my career. Right. Yeah. So I think one needs to really understand the source of, of the desire to change mm -hmm. and then that clarity at least helps you 
start to plan out the roadmap of how you're going to get to where it is you need to be. Great answer. And I think that's great that you said that because when people hear about transition or change or career invention, they automatically think I've got to change from being a I've got to change from being a corporate person to being a brain surgeon. And it's not about that. It's actually, as you said, you know, where are your skills best suited? You know, could it be culturally? Could it be, you know, academically? Could it be from the skill set you have? You know, there's so many different nuances and all those are change. Right. All those are elements of change. So fabulous. Thank you for that. So we're coming down to our last few questions, Sharon. Um, Mm -hmm. What advice do you wish you'd given your 20-year-old self? Hmm. I think I would have told myself not to take it all so seriously. When you know, you know, when when you're when you're young and when you you grow up in in a certain kind of environment, uh, the environment that I grew up, uh, as I mentioned before, was economically challenged. My parents were not professionals. Uh, you know, there was a, an aspiration that I would be the first. You know, the first yeah, one to go to yeah, university yeah. and the first one to do this yeah. and the first one to do that. And when you have those that sort of pressure on your shoulders you then think well if i'm the first one then i better choose a course of study that is serious right Mm. um and that's you know that doesn't necessarily get you to where you need to be and i think when you're young you should study what you want to study something that you enjoy something that you feel passionate about it will take you to where you need to go eventually mm-hmm. in your career. But mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to study business because I know I'll get a job working in corporate, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that, that is a, that's probably a mistake and you end up directing yourself uh, in a sort of unnatural kind mm-hmm. of a way mm-hmm. and not towards things that you feel a lot of passion about. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. probably something I would have told my younger self, although at 20, I was nearly finished university. Um, but I would say, you know, I still had my MBA in front of me yeah. and I made yeah. the same decision when I, when I did my <laughs> MBA, I didn't do my MBA in something where I had a lot of passion. Yeah. I, I just did my MBA in something where I thought, aha, I think there's a lot of growth in this area and yeah. that's where I'm going to do my MBA. Yeah. And, yeah. and it didn't really have to be that way. You yeah. know? And, and I love that you said that because the motivations as to why we do stuff when we're younger are often not our motivations, yeah. you know, and we often know as, as, as women of colour, of black women, that our success equates to our parents' success, you know, so that, that and that's why you have so many lawyers and solicitors and whatever it is because those positions are seen as positions something to be able to be proud to talk about you know to brag about have bragging rights with their friends and stuff like that so quite often those decisions and we're not and and as an age you know we're not an age to push back sometimes you know and like you say it's not you get further down the right line you're thinking wow this just isn't me I'm doing it because because because, yeah. Because, just, 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 just because. So what three things, Sharon, have you learned about yourself during your career? Um, I am highly collaborative. And so I, I really enjoy working with a greater community. This is really important for yeah. me. And so as you could imagine, in the time that we live in now, where everyone is working remotely, 
in front of a laptop, this is very challenging for me because I like to touch and feel people. (laughs) I like to see them. Um, And, you know, yeah, the situation is the way it is. And I'm sure things will loosen up eventually. Um, But I really like being part of something bigger. That's really important for me. Um, what else is important for me in my career is having a, a degree of freedom. Um, right. I cannot be micromanaged. I cannot have my time micromanaged. Um, I have a family. I have interests. Mm-hmm. And I also am very, very eager to deliver and produce as much as I can for whatever organization I work for. And I like to be given the consideration that I will be able to balance it all Mm -hmm. without someone Mm -hmm. telling me how to manage my time. So this is incredibly important for me. Um, And the third thing that is important is it's it's really essential that I have the time to also pursue my personal interests. And there were many times in my life where I didn't do it. I was interested Mm -hmm. in things and I just could not find the time because I didn't have discipline because you can always find the time. You know, we always find the time to be on Facebook and Instagram and doing a whole bunch of things. Um, But I I didn't carve out the time for me. Mm -hmm. And what I have learned is if I don't carve out the time for me, nobody else will. Absolutely. Absolutely essential. Yeah, yeah. I, I often say that there, there's there's never the right time unless you find time. Exactly. You know, you'll never ha- you know you'll never have time unless you find time because we can always yeah. find an excuse not to do it. Now, Absolutely. what stood out from what you just said? Then you talked about community and you talked about personal interests, and you're working on a new project. Can you tell us a yeah. bit about it? Yeah, I'm working on a project where I am. Um, Well, first, let me take a step back. I am a lover of stories. I love storytelling in all its forms. And so I have identified women um, in Central Europe Mm -hmm. who are not necessarily Austrian, but work in this part of the world who have wonderful stories to tell Mm -hmm. about their careers and how they ended up in this part of the world. And they, they are not necessarily, you know, top level executives, Mm. although some of them are. Um, But I think it's important, you know, in in terms of understanding what kind of diverse world we live in, that it it would be a great tool to introduce different sorts of faces. And so it's, it's, uh, it's something that I'm working on now. I've identified several women who have agreed to interview with me and, um, I'm now just trying to figure out, you know, which platform I will use and who I will ask to sponsor this in terms of organizations, because I think in order for it to get a bigger and wider voice, it needs to be connected with some some organizations. Um, So that's just a passion project. Nobody has asked me to do it, Um, but I I think it it would be important in my Mm -hmm. contribution to, you know, furthering diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging in Central Europe. Excellent, excellent. So my final or probably my penultimate question, um, what does success feel like, feel, should I have a quick key word there, feel like to you, Sharon? Success. Um, success feels like uh, freedom, freedom, mm. freedom of everything, you know, freedom of choice, the freedom to, 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 
pursue the things that I need to pursue professionally and, and personally, the freedom to um, choose to work for companies because they choose me, but yeah. I choose them as well to yeah. work for organizations who value me and I value them. Um, I, don't, I don't think that freedom can be underestimated when you feel yeah. like you have freedom and that you are not, you know, um, somehow corralled into situations. It just, it just lifts at your spirit. Yeah. And, 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 I think that's what success looks like for me. Excellent. Excellent. So my final question, Sharon, if anybody would love to connect with you or learn more about what you do, how can they do that? Well, um, I'm not really on social media other than LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy to, to connect with anybody and certainly happy to have, uh, e-meetings with, with people who have similar interests or who might think uh, it would just be fun to have a, a coffee with me, a virtual coffee with yeah. me. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you so much, Sharon. Um, I will make sure I put, your, put the links in the show notes to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining me on This Woman Can this week. Yeah, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Janice. And thank you for all of your help uh, with your coaching services as well. Thank you. So didn't I say there'd be some great gems, some great takeaways from there? And, you know, I always like to kind of sum up the probably the core things that I took away. Um, as I said at the top of the top of the program, being clear on your values on non-negotiables, that was very, very important. Um, and I think the thing that stood out for me was when she said, are you running away from something or to it? So that was really understanding the source um, the source of your desire to change and can quite often we cannot be clear we can be unclear as to what's driving us to feel that we need to make this transition that we need to make this we need to make a difference so being clear on that is it, it, you know is a really is a really great starter and the fact that she she didn't say it but she definitely did it was actually harnessing her transferable skills. She went from healthcare to corporate. She moved from IT to another industry. And she took all the learnings, even from the, what I call the get you by job, the job you do just, just as a stopgap. She took all those learnings to help her make the next step, the next transition in her career. Because as she quite rightly said or, or intimated, where you are right now doesn't have to be where you stay. So there's some real great takeaways from there. And, and I hope you enjoyed it too. And if you did get something, and I know you did, if you got something for listening to this week's episode, please share it with someone else so they can get that benefit too. If you learned something, let me know what you got from the podcast so I can engage with you and thank you for listening. And just as importantly, if you're thinking, oh, maybe I could do with some help just like Sharon did, don't forget you can contact me to have a very informal chat. You can email me at info at JaniceSutherland.com. Follow me on all the socials. I am Janice Sutherland. Or visit the website JaniceSutherland.com because you'll get the opportunity to have a chat. And let's see how I can help you navigate the next transition in your career. And as always, remember, if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care until next time.